he's been gone. Well, be 18 years in March. You go from headed to medical school to heading to prison. It was almost incomprehensible. It was hard. He wasn't here for a lot of stuff. It is a weight lifted off your shoulders to know he's going to be home and safe. They granted it and they can't take it back. They can't take it away. It still seems like a dream. Like I said, he's, he's been turned down so many times. It is going to be a ride. President Obama decided to relook at your case and he granted you clemency today. In the latest in our series, Commuted Life After Prison, Aaron Glasscock has been set free. The first chapters of his story are available at thetakeaway.org slash lifeafterprison. Now we get to see the hard realities of rejoining society after 18 years behind bars. In Chapter 4, Takeaway producer Dana Roberson is with Aaron as he arrives at a halfway house. For nearly two decades, he was inmate 11167017. Today, Aaron Glasscock begins the long process of shedding that identity and discovering who he will become. Well, you look like you've been here all along. Yeah. <laughs> I know. He looks so... I said he hasn't aged. He looks like... Just looks yeah. like when... He just stepped out of 1995. Yeah, 1995. We're in Louisville, Kentucky, at the Halfway House, formerly known as a residential reentry center. More family members are waiting for Aaron outside. Oh, yes. one question. Do you know how to dab? No. It's a new oh, cool all right. thing. All right, let's it do it. It is a new cool thing. Okay, so you do this. The reunion will be short-lived. Okay. We can walk, I, we're going to walk him to the door. He said we can drop him off. We're going to drop him off at the door. Aaron has to enter the halfway house alone. Our philosophy is we don't want you to go home. We want you to go home and stay home. That's Raymond Weiss, president and CEO of Dismiss Charities. Founded more than 50 years ago by a Catholic priest, they run dozens of reentry centers throughout the country. He says newfound freedom is disarming. For the first time, you're immediately in a new, new facility. You don't know anything about it other than what you've read So we really try to make our experience welcoming because it is a disruptive experience. Under the conditions of Aaron's parole, he must live in a halfway house until mid-April. Halfway houses are under the control of the Bureau of Prisons, though most operate privately. When Aaron gets a job, 25% of his salary will go to dismissed charities. And should he get sick, he'll need to cover his own medical expenses and health insurance. What we really try to focus on when they come in is slow them down a little bit because, you know, they want to do everything, right? And, and it would be like a kid in a candy shop. Jan Kemp is executive vice president and COO. But the other thing that they tell us when we really get into deep conversation with them is they're scared to death. And so a lot of times they put on a sense of bravado that's really not even them, right? But they're in this, this now this new environment. They've got another group of people that they're acclimating to. But behind all that, there's a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety. And so what we have to do is recognize that and help them appreciate that that's going to happen to them. But we're going to walk them through this step by step. I had them walk me through what Aaron's first days would be like. He'll have a fairly extensive orientation process. He'll be assigned a room. There'll be an assessment done. We really want the residents to succeed. Aaron will have just 21 days to find a job. But Dismiss has been doing this a long time. 
and they say their success rate is high. Getting individual jobs is not a big challenge because the employer is going to know where they are. They're going to know that they're going to be on time. They're going to know they're drug-free, and they know there's someone that they can call if someone doesn't show up. We make that commitment to the employers, and our employment rates are just phenomenal. We never give up hope on the individual, and we never give up hope that we're going to find ways to make things better. If people are hopeless, then they're desperate. You never want people to lose hope. I mean, there are tremendous numbers of people that really do make it. Hello? Hello, Aaron? Yes, ma'am. I gave Aaron a call to check in. It's been three weeks now since he entered the halfway house. Well, it was sort of bittersweet because, you know, I got to be with my family for for the ride up here, and then I had to go back in. So that's sort of, you know, conflicting emotions, I guess. Freedom, he is finding, is not instantaneous. Monday through Friday, I worked every day. So I was used to working all day, and then at night, you know, we had an area to go exercise, play basketball, or I was fortunate that a lot of places had weights so that I could uh, work out that way. And then here, you have like a pool table and uh, not much else. You have like a a Swiss ball and some 10-pound dumbbells and a Wii. They do have a Wii. I played it once, I think, just to see how in the world it was. But really, there's not much there either. So it wasn't anything to do. Going backwards, it felt like it went from having freedom in a sense to being really confined. In order to leave or to get a job, he would need an ID. That meant navigating public transportation for the first time. I missed the first bus. I was on the wrong side of the road and everything. So I missed the first bus, and then I was sitting there, and I thought that it was coming pretty soon. I Actually, I tried calling the phone number on the pole, and, well, that time came and went as well that they told me that it was going to be here. So I started to get a little anxious because now I'm feeling like I'm doing something wrong. The conditions of the house gave Aaron several hours to get there and back. I had no idea which way northeast, south, or west was from here. Didn't even know the address of where I was going. I knew the name of it, and that was it. He returned with little time to spare. I finally made it, but it, it was definitely a, <laughs> a challenging experience. Made me a little anxious, I guess. His next challenge was to get a job. They give you 21 days. If you don't have a job in 21 days, they'll, they'll send you back to prison, too. Being a convicted felon already... I mean, that's already making it difficult, so that added on to it makes it even more difficult. As I learned, these were the first among many challenges Aaron would face. After 18 years in prison, Aaron Glasscock is learning just how much he's lost. I've missed so much. I mean, I've missed all of my 30s, majority, all but a year and a couple months of my 20s. So it's like, you know, I want to, well, I just, I'm ready to live, I guess. On Monday, you'll hear more with Aaron Glasscock, including whether he's found a job and his long list of things he's anxious to do. It will be one of many check-ins we'll have with him as part of our series, Commuted, Life After Prison. For The Takeaway, I'm Dana Roberson. <laughs>